with Kim Gravel. Hey, everybody. Kim Gravel here. LOL with Kim Gravel. Thanks for listening. Just want to tell you right up front how grateful we are for you to tune in and listen to this podcast weekly. Also, rate and review us if you don't mind, because... Uh, you know, it's important. People see those and say, let me check this out. Also tell somebody, okay? Sharing is caring. So we want you to share and let everybody know what we've got going on here at LOL. Got a good show today, Zach. I'm excited. I'm excited. No, we I'm said excited. that every I said week. It first. I'm excited. You no, did say I first. said it first. I claim it. I'm excited. You have to be something else. Okay. I am, um, oh God. <laughs> I'm waiting to be inspired because our guest is such a powerhouse of inspiration. I mean, she's amazing. And honestly, I think you and I both need what she's got to throw down today on the podcast. I think we are haggard and taggered and tired. And we say that every show. People think we must like... <laughs> I have no people stamina assume whatsoever. that maybe I'm like 70 years old. <laughs> I well, I know. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. But you know, I've been, I've been feeling a lot of pressure lately to get my workout back on. I said pressure. I haven't felt like the movement of it yet, but I feel the pressure of it. Well, that's the first step. <laughs> that's the first step. I need to take my own first step, don't I? We have today a dear friend of mine. I was on her podcast. She's a podcaster, a life coach, a resilience expert. This is where I think you and I need her today. Okay. Resilience. That's a yes. really specific word we're going to talk to her about. She's been on TED Talks. She's an author. Amberly Lago, thank you for coming on the show. I love you so much, Amberly. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Oh my goodness. I love you. And I've been I've been over here laughing already because every time I get to talk with you, I it, I'm just happy. I've been looking forward to this. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours. And so I feel honored to get to be here with you and Zach today. So thank you for having me on. And you know what? It's also nice to know that I'm not alone and feeling a little Mm -hmm. tired and weary, but (laughs) we just pick ourselves back up. Yeah. What else we going to do, girl? And I just want to tell everybody, don't let the Southern accent fool you. She is right in the middle of LA, honey. You're right in (laughs) California. Not for long. Not for long. But I've just got to say this to you real quick. How are people, how do people in LA, I love LA and have been well received every time I visit. How do they perceive you as being a Southerner in LA? Yeah. You know, I forget that I have an accent and (laughs) I do. And I'm got one. You got one girl. I know. And (laughs) I forget that I do until I hear my voice on a recording or something. I'm like, Oh gosh, that's what I sound like. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Or people ask me, "Where are you from?" And from? I'm like, "What do you mean where I'm from? I'm I'm here in LA with you right now." <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy to think that after 31 years of living here in LA, I have not lost my accent. But like they say, you know, you can take the girl out of the south, but you can't take the south out of the girl. But well, when I first moved here, you know, I, I was a professional dancer and. Mm. I had an agent that said, you really need to lose your accent. So I took voiceover classes. I was trying to lose my accent and yeah, it was not good. I went to my first lesson and it was really hot that day and (laughs) I was really nervous and he was having me do these breathing exercises and I passed out and fell on top of him (laughs) and I never went back. So that's another, that's that's another LA story. (laughs) 
Sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen to me. She didn't need a casting couch. She just fell what? right on him. Just yep. fell on I him. I just fell on top of him. Yep. <laughs> Girl, I'm a- oh, I was humiliated. <laughs> okay, so there you are. You're in L.A. I love when you call yourself the resilience expert. How did you get there? Tell everybody that story, that accident that happened that changed and rocked your world, girl. Well, it's funny when I hear you say resilience expert, I am only an expert in that because I have fallen and felled and I mean, hit rock bottom and been knocked down pretty darn hard and been able to figure out how to get back up and choose to thrive instead of just survive. And so I had you know, the dancing career was not always easy. It was a lot of rejection and failures. And that really helped me to, to be an entrepreneur and to struggle with a lot of failures and things like that. Just being able to reframe failure to learning experiences along the way. And I had a very successful career in dance and that went into fitness when I had my first daughter and I didn't, I was traveling all over the world. Um, I was sponsored by Nike and I thought, I just don't want to travel anymore with my daughter. I was a single mom, so it was tough. And so I got into the fitness industry and I was doing infomercials. I was, you know, doing workout videos. I had, it was a, it was a career for me. I had several trainers that worked for me and And life was good. I finally met the husband of my dreams. I mean, it's not always dreamy over here, but for the most part, I (laughs) met the man of my dreams. He is a good man. Everyone in LA is great. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good one. He is. I I can say he's a good one. He puts up with me. He is a keeper for sure. (laughs) Two daughters. And I really thought, oh my gosh, now I have finally made it in LA. Like I I really did. I thought my career's booming. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I've got healthy children. I finally found a good man that it was tough and everything changed in a blink of an eye. And you know, it's so crazy how your whole life can just be completely transformed in the blink, the snap of a finger. And I remember, you know, I had just ran 11 miles that day. I'd beat my workout partner for the first time. I was so happy about that. He wasn't too happy about it, but I was, and it was a holiday weekend and I jumped on my Harley and I remember taking the long way home just so I could just feel the breeze and the sun on my face on my motorcycle for a little bit longer. And I'm driving down, Zach, you'll know where this is because you lived in LA, but I was driving down Ventura Boulevard. Yeah. All of a sudden I see this SUV and as a motorcyclist, you really learn to drive defensively, meaning you look out for other people to make sure they see you. And I was like, okay, he sees me. Nope. He apparently didn't see me shot out of the parking lot. I got hit. I was thrown about 30 feet and I was just sliding across the asphalt thinking, my gosh, please just don't let another car hit me. I couldn't tell what I was sliding into. And when we stopped, I looked down at my leg and it was crazy to see your body so disfigured. I mean, my leg was broken into pieces. There was blood everywhere. And, you know, to this day, I don't know who it was, but I had a man that saved my life because I didn't realize my femoral artery was severed. So that's why what? there was blood everywhere. 
he, there was a man who came and made a tourniquet on my leg right away. So he saved my life. And y'all, I was screaming out cuss words that I don't normally say (laughs) and thinking my Methodist mama would not be proud of me right now. And I didn't care. (laughs) No, at that point it's shock. Yeah. And people have asked me, so you remember all this? I remember every single detail. I was yelling out my husband's phone number. I didn't want to let go of my leg because I was afraid if I let go, my thought was if I let go of my leg, it might just fall off my body. That's what my thought was. And then it's crazy what goes on through your mind. Like one of the next thoughts that I had was, oh, wow, well, this can't be good. I might have to train clients on crutches for a while. And, you know, they uh, got me uh, loaded into th- that's what you're thinking yeah. about right there. Uh huh. Wow. It, it was like one of my defaults is, well, Work. what can I do? What mm-hmm. are my next steps? Yeah. How am I going? I mean, because I I had to put food on the table. I'm like, OK, yeah. well, might suck to survival, have to wear, you know. Yeah. Survival that you, I just went into survival mode. And I remember being put in the back of the ambulance and I was squeezing that paramedic's leg as hard as I could. And I was looking at him and I was trying to get like, just look at me. Am I going to be okay? Like, you know, I, I wanted to see Some in his eyes. Yeah. Y'all, he would not look at me. And I thought, wow, maybe he's not looking at me because he knows I'm going to die. And then I didn't realize, but you know, my husband, when we got to the hospital, he was freaking out. He's a big, strong man. He's a first responder. He, he first responder. He's a Lieutenant commander. I'd never seen him cry. He was hysterical and I didn't know, but they bagged me, which in terms that he uses being a first responder, that's what they do to people when you're either dead or they think you're going to die. They just go ahead and put a bag around you. And so he oh, was freaking out. My so and I goodness. couldn't. Wait, I was like, wait, "Wow, no, you got to stop there, wait, huh, wait, Emily. Wait, wait. You got to stop there." Whoa, 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 whoa. We're we're in shock here. Okay. Yeah, we need I to catch up something. to that for a second. Yeah, let us catch up. They bagged you, meaning they put you inside of a bag. Yeah, my head was out. I was strapped to the gurney, so <sighs> my head I couldn't move. I'm, you know, you're strapped onto this this gurney. And I'm bagged with my head out and the ER was just, it was filled with cops because my husband being a cop, the news travels fast and the the police force, you know, so several of his, our friends were in there and it was just chaotic. And I'd never heard him seen him cry, but I'd certainly never heard anything like that before. And I just screamed out across the room honey, I need you to get over here and be strong for me. Because at that moment, I didn't know, like, if I don't pull out of this, oh, Amberly. I need to know you got my kids. He's going to pull it together. He's yeah, got to yeah. take care of the kids. The like yeah. you be strong for me right now. And that was the last thing I remember. Amberly, let me ask you something. So at that, at that moment, I, I love women. <laughs> I love us because when it comes down to it, we're always like multitasking, figuring out how to make it. I'm going to start crying. So you can't full on cry either. How we can make it just work. You know what I'm saying? Like we're always going, okay, if I'm going to die, you're going to take care of the kids. Are you going to, I mean, is that what what was going through your mind? Oh yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm going to live through this. It's apparent that no one else here thinks I am either. So 
I need my husband to get it together. I needed to know <laughs> that you're going to be able yeah. to take care of these kids. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I had this nurse, her name's Shaniqua, and she leaned over me and she said, I'm going to give you something to make you feel all better now. I knew at that moment, she was like an angel. And as soon, you know, I was put in induced coma. Um, I went back to the hospital when I was well enough to go back to find her and tell her, thank you. And she said, oh, girl, we knew exactly who we were dealing with when you yelled out in that hospital room, get over here and be strong for me. <laughs> it went like dead silent. Like all the chaos just suddenly stopped. It got quiet. Yeah. It was like, okay, people moved, people moved. We got to save her. She's not messing around. And, you know, when I woke up from a coma, it was not one of these like Hallmark movies <laughs> where you open your eyes slowly. It was ugly. <laughs> Yeah. I had, you, you didn't say put, I'm so well rested. <laughs> no. I'm so well rested. Thanks for the nap. How like, many days were you in the coma, Amberly? Um, uh, eight days. Oh. <sighs> okay, let's put that in perspective. They they put Vaseline on your eyes, and I don't know if anybody listening has ever been in a coma, but I don't recommend it. You've got <laughs> tubes that go in your mouth. So I wake up, my arms are flailing around. I try to rip these tubes you're out. Flipping like, out. You're like, what's going on? Did, I was did like, you... I need to be able to talk. Well, yeah. I mean, and you're so good at it, and that's why you're making a living at it today. Can I ask you a question? When you were in the coma, Amberly, did you know what was going on around you? Did you have any like conscious awareness of what was going on around you when you were in it? No, but I'm so glad you asked that, Kim, because it was really interesting. I had one of the doctors come over to me right after I got out of a coma and he leaned over me and he whispered to me, he said, now this is just between you and I, but do you have a drug problem? And I said, no, sir, I've never done a drug in my life. And he said, well, are you an athlete? And I was kind of like, well, isn't it obvious? <laughs> no, <laughs> He said, you know, we had a real hard time knocking you out. We couldn't keep you under. We had to give you more and more medication. Oh, okay. And, and usually that's because either you have a high tolerance for drugs and you're a drug addict or you're an athlete and you have high, high levels of endorphins in your body. And I was a runner. I ran every day. I worked out every day and had done that. That was my drug of choice. So actually... It was interesting. I had no idea that the endorphins in your body are so powerful that they had a hard time keeping, keeping me knocked under. out. So but I have no, no memory or no wow. recollection, no big white lights that came to me. I don't, you know, my husband always says, you know, God just keeps spitting you back out. It wasn't <laughs> your time to go. Well, but that's a true story. So what happened when you woke up, Amberly, and you realized, oh my gosh, well, I was freaking out and they finally, the nurse was so sweet. She said, oh, get her a pad and a pen. I think she's trying to say something. And, you know, my husband's leaning over me and he's got tears in his eyes. And you would think I would write on that paper, honey, I love you. I wrote, get off my tubes. He was <laughs> leaning on my tubes, cutting the circulation. I couldn't breathe. So <laughs> he, he got off the tubes. 
I could breathe. But then the next thing that's I a, learned. That's was, our new hashtag, Amberly. Hold on. Get off my tubes. That's what I was saying. Get off my tubes. <laughs> get off my tubes. You've got to make that your hashtag. That, people are going to say that about their fallopian tubes. Damn, you got to put that in a shirt. That's going on a shirt. Amberly, get off get my off. tubes. That's it. Get I off it. my tubes. Tell your man to get off your tubes. Get off my tubes, <laughs> man. Uh, and But then the next thing I learned was really life-changing. And, you know, the doctor said, there's not anything we can do. We just have to let you know we need to amputate your leg. You only have a 1% chance of saving it. And I thought, oh, 1% chance. Well, then there's still a chance. chance. I need <laughs> yep. There's a chance. Yep. I'm going to take that chance. I'm betting on that. And I think, you know, speaking on resilience, mm. in order to be resilient, it is so important what you put your focus and your energy on. And I could have really focused on, well, I'm giving up. There's 99% chance they said that I won't be able to save it. So I'm just going to give up. But I thought, no, I'm focusing on that 1%. And I had a doctor who saved my leg and changed my life in more, more ways than just saving my leg. This man really changed my whole perspective. Um, his name's Dr. Don Wiss, and I'll be forever grateful for him. And he did what him and a team, a team, y'all, I would have a, a, a team of doctors that would come in and they would huddle up. Like it reminded me of like, before you have a football game and all the players they're huddled up. And I remember they were looking, they wouldn't let me see the, the screen or the x-ray. And one morning the doctor looked at me and he said, do you have a strong stomach? And I said, yeah, I can handle it. He goes, okay, I'm going to show you what your leg looks like from the inside out. And he flipped the screen over and um, I said, well, you're the doctor that's going to save it. He said, well, we're going to try. <laughs> and it took 34 surgeries Good and Lord. months in the hospital, and they were actually able to save it. Wow. But Amberly, don't you, how do you look back on that now? You're so, yeah, it's many years, many years ago. Can you say that that actually served you, that accident? How do you look on it now? Well, I think it's hard when we're going through really challenging times or we're going through this experience that really is a truly a catastrophe. Yeah. But for me, when I look at it, and I think anybody who's listening, if you're going through a hard time, look, you may not be, you may not be hit by an SUV like me. And, and I pray to God that you're never hit by an SUV, but maybe you're sitting there and you have a 1% chance of saving your business. Or maybe it's, you feel like after being in quarantine, you have a 1% chance of saving your marriage, whatever it is you're going through, there is always a blessing and a lesson at the end of it. And I know it's hard to wrap your mind around that. I know it was for me when I was going through surgery after surgery, but, you know, I can say that I didn't get caught up in the why me and why did this happen to me? I was so focused on, okay, what can I do? What, what are my options? What can I do next? How can I get stronger in every way, mentally, physically, spiritually? And um, it really happened. I mean, I look at this experience now and I wouldn't take it back. Although I wish I didn't still live with pain every day, but pain has been my biggest teacher. It's taught me a new perspective on life. 
It's taught me to be more compassionate. It's taught me how to give myself grace. It's, it's taught me how to embrace pain and love myself again. Cause I hated myself after this accident. I mean, mm. I remember in the wow. hospital bed. Oh gosh. I, my whole life was, and this sounds really shallow, but this is the truth. My whole life, I was caught up in the way that I looked. I was a professional wow. dancer and a model. And I did, you know, uh, I was in L magazine and shape and health. And I did, I made a living off of the way that I looked. I got clients by wearing workout clothes and walking down the street. I was a walking advertise a billboard for my, my business. Right. And so my whole life, you know, I was nicknamed legs because I had these strong legs that I had worked hard for. And it hit me one night when I was in the hospital and I didn't sleep because the, the pain was so bad. And every three hours they had these yellow bandages on my leg my leg was completely exposed and it was held together by these metal rods. And every three hours, the nurses would have to come in and, and rip those bandages off my, the middle of my inside my leg. So oh, I would just stay up watching TV and, and, um, dreading that time when the nurses would have to come back in to do their job. And I remember watching this infomercial and it was how to get a Brazilian butt. And I just, went into this spiral of despair of I'll never have a Brazilian, but oh my gosh, I'll never wear a bikini again. Oh my gosh. What if they amputate my leg tomorrow? What if my husband leaves me? What if I can't chase after my sure. kids? What if I die? Like all these what ifs. And then I was like, stop, I've got a choice here. I can continue going down that road of despair and what if, and poor me, or I can choose to focus on what I can control in this moment, which at that moment it was, I was grateful to be alive. And I grabbed this little notepad that I have sitting next, had sitting next to me and I started writing down and, and I don't know like if it's the same for you, but raised in the South by my mom, who's very proper and very grateful. It was, it, we always wrote thank you notes. And so mm -hmm. I started writing down everybody's name who had come to see me in the hospital, brought me flowers, given me gifts as a way of like, I don't want to forget to write them a thank you note and everything that I was grateful for. And I noticed this shift and I went from staring down at my leg that was held together with metal bars to feeling so grateful that I was alive, that I had a family that loved me, that I had a team of doctors and nurses, that I had friends and family and clients that were coming to support me. And suddenly my whole perspective shift. And I realized that gratitude is truly alchemy and it, it does, it, it, it changes is. what you can't do into what you can do and what you don't have into what you do have. And it really has changed my life. And it's something that I still practice every single day. 
Skip the meal prep this summer with Factors Ready to Eat meals and enjoy all these warmer and sunnier days, y'all. Head on over to factormeals.com slash Kim50 and use code Kim50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off of your next month while the subscription is active. I love my Factor meals and I've started hiding them from my family because they love the weekly menu of 35 options and the more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, even snacks and beverages. I'm telling you, they've got everything to help you feel good about what you're eating all day long. Y'all, they're delicious. They're high quality, chef prepared, absolutely never frozen. And they're on the table in less than two minutes. Factor meals eliminate all the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Y'all, I don't have time for all of that. All you do is simply heat it up and savor the good stuff. Head on over to factormeals.com slash Kim50 and use code Kim50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off of your next month. That's code Kim50 at factormeals.com slash Kim50 to get 50% off your first box plus an extra 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hopefully you won't have to hide your factor meals like I do because they're that good. Maybe you will. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Is that where all this, the, the book was birthed? I mean, because when you wrote the book, I mean, you really took off yet again in another way. You know, it wasn't about the health and fitness. Now, now it was more about the health and fitness of your soul and your spirit. And you were sharing this message out with everybody. Tell us what that journey has been like. Because, girl, you're really blowing up, right? Isn't it funny how you work so long for something and all of a sudden one light switch goes on. It's just like, bam. I, f- I feel like that's where you're at. Is Am I correct in saying that? Kim, thank you for saying that. I'm serious. I'm watching you going, you know what? I'm, I'm praying for her. I'm feeling her. She's bubbling on the surface. It's coming up. I want to cry oh, right now. Just receive it because I'm, I'm saying this to you right now. I feel like there's something I've been, I watched your TED talk, watched all that. And I've just been watching your Instagram and I've got to go follow Amberly, and we'll put all that information, of course. On, but you're bubbling up. There's going to be something coming. Oh, this big. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, well, I just, I'm all emotional because dang it. I've worked so hard. I know you have. <laughs> oh, and you're beautiful inside and out. Absolutely beautiful inside and out. Thank you. I just, I, I just appreciate you so much. And I really have worked hard and, and I never, I remember how the whole true grit and grace started. First of all, when I wrote the book, I had no idea what I was doing. My whole business was, you know, on the dance floor and then the gym floor. And then, um, I wanted a way to give people hope because all we need is that glimmer of hope that's going to keep us moving forward. And if I could give somebody hope that they can get through a tough time or a challenge, challenging time, because I talk about getting through divorce, getting through sexual abuse as a kid and letting go of shame and forgiveness and self-love in the book. And I knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't know how, how, and And I had so many people going, oh, 
good luck with that. You'll never do that. You don't even own a computer. Y'all five years ago, I didn't even own a laptop. I bought my (laughs) first computer five years ago. And I share that like shamelessly because if somebody is listening, thinking, you know, they're thinking, oh, well, I'm just too old or I'm not smart enough, or it's too late for me, or all the things or excuses we can tell ourselves that I told myself, if we just listen to that little whisper in our heart that says, just do it, just go for it, figure it out, find a way, then it's worth it to take the chance. And so um, I wrote, hand wrote probably 90% of my whole book. And I remember when I found, you know, I, I went to the Apple store, bought a computer, didn't know how to use it. And I signed up for a class and, and I was raising my hand. It, it, he's and the instructor was finally like, uh, I just have to say, I've never had anybody take one of our classes that isn't embarrassed to ask so many questions that are so basic. And I said, well, I need to learn this stuff. <laughs> I don't That's know why I took doing. the class, dummy. That's right. what <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'm here to learn. <laughs> and I also learned a really important lesson. And it's when you want to do something, seek counsel and not opinion. Because I went to friends and family who had never written a book and bless their heart. They were just trying to protect me. Like, girl, don't make a fool of yourself. Don't go and try to write a book. You know, you don't even own a computer stick to fitness. That's what, you know? And I was like, oh, I love when somebody tells me I can't do something. Cause it's like, you know, tell a woman she can't do something. That's the first thing she's going to do. And I was like, I'm going to do this. But I had to seek counsel because everybody's going to have an opinion. But when you go to someone who has done that thing that you want to do and you ask them for advice, they're going to be able to give you good counsel. So if there's something you want to do, go and look to somebody who's doing that thing that you want to do and ask them, can they mentor you? Can they coach you? Now, I had an editor. I found a publisher. My husband was shocked that I actually had somebody that wanted my book. He was even more shocked when the Today Show, I was too, by the way, when they were like, Megyn Kelly wants to interview you. I couldn't, I was like, Megyn Kelly, like I couldn't even talk. And I'm like, they're probably thinking, oh gosh, this girl can't even talk. Maybe she won't want her on the show after all. But you never know when you just keep taking action and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you listen to your heart, you follow your dreams and you believe in yourself, even if it's a 1% belief in yourself. That's all you need. That's all you need. And I never imagined that I would be so blessed to get to do these events where I get to go on stages and that's when it hit me when I was in Dallas and I'm looking for a place to work out in the middle of some deserted parking lot that probably wasn't safe. And I looked up and I saw the reunion tower with that big Texas on it. And I was like, this is where my dreams started. And now I'm moving here and I'm just so grateful. I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's not been easy. It's been, there's been some fun times, but something I've learned too is to celebrate the small victories along the mm-hmm. way and get intentional about what you want to do and what you want to share and the lives that you want to impact 
because dang it, life is so fast and I just want to enjoy every moment. But I appreciate you saying that it's starting to happen. I'm going to share something with y'all. I haven't shared with anybody except for my husband. I just found out I got featured in Forbes magazine. That has been one of my dreams to be featured in Forbes. And I just feel so grateful, but at the same time, and I just got hired for three other speaking events. And my first reaction was like, I'm scared. Mm. And then (laughs) I thought, wait a minute. That's no, but that's good. That to me, a healthy doubt and a little bit of that doubt of that healthy to me, that's what propels you, Amberly. I'm I've watched you evolve and we both have watched each other's careers evolve. That's what I love about our sisterhood that we don't have to talk every day, but we support each other as women, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in our careers and in as just in our womanhood. But I've been watching it saying, the time is now, Amberly. People mm-hmm. need to hear this message more than ever. Don't you agree? Thank you. I think we all need resilience. And yes. just to know that, you know, there are ways to strengthen our resilience, just like we go to the gym and work out to get stronger there are things that we have to do every single day. So when life comes along and derails us or shakes us up a little bit, we can get back up, dust ourselves off and keep moving forward. And yeah, it's, it's sometimes hard, but there are ways to get through some of the toughest times. And I think that it really starts with being an acceptance for where you are on your journey. Cause that was something I really had to do. And I think that taking the blinders off and really taking a good hard look at your life and what's going on in your life is what propels you forward because you're able to make better decisions. And, um, that's not always easy. I had, I was in denial about a lot of things in my life, but once you're, you know, and I thought acceptance kind of meant being defeated, but it doesn't, it just means that, you know, when, when you're in acceptance about something and I've had my husband say things like, Ooh, you say too much. And I can't believe you admitted to like all these failures you've had and the mistakes Mm -hmm. you've made. And I'm like, well, that's the good stuff. I share it because look, we've all had failures. We all deal with pain in one way and one form or another, you know? Um, And if I share it, when we share those vulnerable moments, I used to think it made me look weak, but I realized it is a strength because it is the the glue, the bond that we have between, you know, our sisterhood and supporting each other and, and community is everything. And we need it more than ever, girl, now. Oh, we do. To be able to talk about some of the struggles and also support each other along the way is everything. So community is powerful. We don't have to do it alone. And I think that each level of your career, it can be lonely if you don't reach out and ask for help or reach out and add value to somebody's life. Mm. I think it's really important. You know, I had somebody tell me, well, you're lucky that you had community. And I said, no, your hard work puts you where your blessings can find you. And you have to be willing step out. to step out, to build, to add value, to be of support. I love it. What I love your motto when you talk about service. Can you tell everybody what that is? Because I think this is a perfect segue to talk about that, to share about that when you're talking about service. Uh, well, you know, I, I think that it's so important to be of service. And even when I was in the hospital bed, I being of service is one of the things that really helped me 
uh, get through some of the longest days of, of pain and it still helps me. And I've had people go, well, how could you be of service when you were stuck in a hospital bed? And, you know, just making a phone call, you can go check on your friends, you know, and even though I couldn't, I was completely bedridden. I couldn't even use the, the bathroom on my own. I could still make phone calls to my clients and I could write out, you know, exercise plans for them. I was, you know, setting up calls with the trainers that worked for me and getting them set up with new clients. And I even had the nurses when they found out I was in the fitness industry, they were asking me, so can you give me some exercises on like how to get a better booty? And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and I was also, they had, I had this chair set up next to my hospital bed and the nurses would come in my room just to sit down and exhale and share what was going on in their lives, whether it was professionally or personally. And I could just be there to listen and offer advice. And so being of service, it really does. It gives you purpose. And I think that we all need purpose. Purpose is what gets you out of bed. Um, It's what got me, you know, it's what I worked so hard to learn how to walk again. It was like, I need, I need to work again. I need to be able to chase after my daughters again. I need to be, uh, you know, I I want to be, I kept, but here's the thing. I kept trying to get back to normal and I don't think that resilience is bouncing back. Mm -hmm. I think resilience is bouncing forward. I think it's choosing courage to live a, a life of joy and thrive no matter what happens because things won't always go as planned but resilience is sometimes making tiny pivots along the way it's sometimes completely reinventing yourself and what you do and who you are because yeah things change and so once i stopped trying to get back to being of service the way i used to which was working with clients I work with people in a different way. I can do group coaching. I don't have to be on my feet and be in pain and kill myself at the end of the day. I can sit and train people through Zoom. I can go to conferences and I can share the stage and connect with people heart to heart. So whether it's a phone call, whether it's checking in on your friend, whether it's through your business, whether it's through your church, whether it's, you know, in recovery, you know, I'm sober. I got sober in 2016 after my accident. I turned into a full blown alcoholic trying to cope with pain. Cope, right. Yeah. Whatever it is, being of service is one of the things that's helped me stay sober. Let me ask you this question too. What did it feel like for this bad circumstance to change your purpose or did it? I think that, you know, a lot of times people search for, for purpose and what is their calling If you're listening right now and you're struggling with, well, I don't know my purpose or my calling. I think it's important to think about the time when you were about seven, eight years old, when you were a kid and the things that you did that just brought joy to to your life. The thing that you love to do when you were a kid, that's usually somehow connected to your purpose. Now for me, my favorite thing to do when I was a kid was every Friday night after the football game, we would go to Dairy Queen and my mom, I don't know why or how she let me do this, but 
they, they, I would, they would turn the jukebox on and I would stand on one of the tables and I would dance all night for everybody. And I could see the joy that it brought people to see me dance. And so everywhere I went, you know, my mom or my friends would say, Hey, do that tap dance for them. And I would see them smile and that light come on and their eyes glimmer. And so to this day, I might not dance on the table at Dairy Queen, but I still get to go on a stage and I get to work with people and I see that transformation and that light bulb come on. And that is pure joy to me. Well, you're pure joy. I absolutely adore you. And I see it happening. Just let me speak into you. It's blowing up. I cannot wait to read the articles, to see you speak. Uh, Of course, we're going to tell everybody to go to the podcast, True Grit and Grace book and the podcast. You're not going to be disappointed. Amberly is the real deal. Holy field. Okay. We close out every show, Amberly, with a rapid fire question. Swear just five things. Please don't think about it. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Um, Might be scary. I know. Well, no, you're not scary. You're right on point, honey. What is your guilty pleasure? Frozen yogurt. Oh, that's good. Me too. We had a Minchie's around here and it just closed down. I like to choose my own toppings. Do you do all the mix-ins? Like you go and you put all the stuff in No, we in don't it. mix it. it. I put, I, I love like wet walnuts. Wet walnuts? <laughs> we are so hungry, Amberly. This is why you told me you shouldn't have said, you shouldn't have brought up food. I love wet walnuts and, and the cherries and all of that. I just, I love that. Now, what's, do you put, um, what's wet Emily, walnuts? They're, they're, they're syrupy. Okay. Oh, okay. y'all don't know what wet I, walnuts is. No. Oh, okay, I got to try that. Wet walnut. Now, Emily, do you put, um, toppings on yours or you just eat it just plain? Well, I tell myself that I'm being healthier by only putting almonds on top, but it's well, sugar. It's so unhealthy, but you know what? Who cares? I don't, I don't care. do it all the time, but uh-uh. I, I, I think that if you're, you're eating very clean. You're do, you're exercising. You're you're really doing your best throughout that. I think a little frozen yogurt is not going to hurt anybody. Well, what about you know? those of us who are not eating healthy and clean? <laughs> is it still good for us? Okay, y'all call y'all call Amberly. Y'all, we'll all have to get together. We'll have to get a, a trading class for Amberly on that. Okay, who is your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush, um, a guy would be Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's hot, right? He's hot. He's like ever hot. since Thelma and Louise, I love, I love, yeah, I can look at him. What's your favorite movie that he's, he's been in? Is it Thelma and Louise or can you think? Meet Joe Black was the one for me. Thelma and Louise. I've oh, seen okay. that movie so many times. <laughs> I just, oh my We could gosh, be Thelma yeah. and Louise, me and you. So Brad Pitt, if you're listening, you know. Brad Pitt, call us, Brad. You could come on the podcast, Brad. That'd be great. Yeah. We could go we could do a duo LOL and True Grit and Grace featuring Brad Pitt. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm and down. we'll have frozen yogurt while we do it. <laughs> you probably come with frozen yogurt. Uh, what's one thing listeners would be shocked to know about you? I think people might be shocked to know that I've actually <laughs> been hit by a car three times. So My Lord, Whoa. Amberly. Yeah. My next book is going to be called Look Both Ways. No. (laughs) Yeah. What are the odds of that? So, yeah, the first time I was on my bicycle and I landed on top of the car, I was young. I was 18. It was no big deal. Um, Scary, but no big deal. Then I got hit on my motorcycle. And then during COVID, my 13-year-old and I would ride our bikes or we would scooter 
uh, every day. And um, there was a guy who flew through a crosswalk and hit both of us. And, you know, it was really the first time I could feel the ripple effect of how we change our life because I saw gratitude in action. Once the CAT scan came back, okay. And I knew her brain was okay. And we were going to be okay. Um, I was so grateful towards, you know, the doctors that came to see us and the, and the nurse and everything. And when we were released out of the hospital, you know, I could have been in there freaking out or upset or why me? And and instead I was like, okay, what lessons have I not learned from the first time that I need to learn with this? And I was just continuing to be so grateful and telling my daughter how grateful we, how blessed we are that we're okay. It could have been so much worse. And as we were leaving the hospital, my daughter looks at me and she's got this big, big smile on her face. And she goes, you know, mama, we were rolled in here on a gurney and we are walking out like rock stars. And I was like, the ripple effect of gratitude that she feels it, then she can express it, then the doctors can feel it. And so everything we do impacts everything everyone that we do us. Yeah. and everyone around us. Yeah. Do you still ride motorcycles? I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. My husband still has his, but he kind of lost the confidence to ride after seeing what happened to me because sure. there's just sometimes you, you can't control what other people are doing. So I don't, it's not worth it. I mean, maybe on a country road in the middle of nowhere, I might, maybe, but yeah. not in LA. Don't chance it, honey. Three times you've been hit by a car. I'm just going to say like, Jesus, take the wheel, honey. Jesus, yeah. take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. And like my Amberly, says, seriously, God girl, keeps seriously, spitting you out. Yeah, out he road. does. That is such a. Oh, I mean, it's an amazing story. But I'm just, yeah, fantastic. Okay, if you could see the driver right now of the SUV that hit you, what would you say? It's okay. I hope you've forgiven yourself, because I think that must be really hard for him. I mean, I don't know. It would be hard for me. Well, I never ever heard from him, so I hope that he does feel some, you know, a little bit of a knows how much he impacted my life, but, um, he did stop. He did stop. And I remember look laying in the middle of the road, they shut the whole Ventura Boulevard down. They had a helicopter there and the guy, the driver didn't never came up close to me. He stood Oh gosh, probably 15 feet away with his arms crossed, just looking at me. And I had people that were complete strangers that were at the scene that came to see me in the hospital afterwards. Like I know, I didn't know Uh them. They just happened to see me in the street. One lady fainted by looking at me. And so, yeah, I would just tell him, you know, I would feel horrible if I did something like that. I don't know. I think it'd be really hard to live with myself knowing that I had really impacted somebody's whole family in that way. I mean, we had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. Sure. Yeah. But it's okay. That's You'd incredible. Say it's okay. All right. One last thing before I let you go. One word to describe what you want for your future. I would say serenity. I would say, you know, no matter how eventful your life gets, it's so important to stay grounded with gratitude and connected with my higher power, who I call God, you know, but I I couldn't do any of this if I didn't have a connection with God every day. 
I didn't stay grounded and humble that I, that I know my values and have them in place and my priorities in check and know that family comes first. And I need to spend just as much time and energy being with them as I do out on the road then, and, and stick to my, my routines. Cause it's easy to let life get busy. And then mm. you start to skip the workout or you start to skip, skip on eating healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's important to, to really stick to whatever routine works for you. And I always ask myself the question of, I might always go, how's that working for you? Like (laughs) getting four hours of sleep and not, how's that working for you? It does not. Well, it doesn't work for me, you know, or, you know, not working out. How's that working for you? Well, not so well, I'm getting a zoom, but you know, so it's like, (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. I'm done. Hashtag Zoom butt. Getting get off butt. my tubes. Get off my get tubes. Get off my tubes and, and Zoom, Zoom butt. butt. And there you have LOL with Kim Gravel with Amberly. There we go. That's there it. Go. I love We're you. <laughs> get off my tubes and Zoom butt. LOL. Kim Gravel. LOL. Kim Gravel. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you love the show, make sure to follow LOL with Kim Gravel in your favorite podcast app. New episodes come out every Thursday. LOL with Kim Gravel is produced and edited by Zach Miller at Uncommon Audio. Theme music by Taco Pella. Head to lolkim.com for more information and to join our mailing list. Thanks for listening.